Hello, hockey fans, and back after another uh, un- unexpectedly long hiatus is uh, Chris Russell and Peter Russell with the WrestleMania podcast. I actually had to, to think of the name of our podcast. Uh, so sorry we haven't been putting out that regular content like we used to, uh, but we're here for a kind of deadline recap slash playoff preview. This is uh, arguably one of the most important weeks of the fantasy hockey season as we gear up for playoffs. So um, we're hitting you with the uh, quality over quantity content now, um, giving you the meat and potatoes on what you need to know (laughs) going into the Justice League playoffs. And hopefully, um, if you haven't been paying super close attention to the league or even maybe just outside of your team and want to know what those other teams are about, it could uh, serve as a good um, stepping stone to filling out your bracket and knowing who's who in the league. Yeah, definitely is um, a good refresh for me. I'm not going to lie. I haven't been keeping tabs too much. So I is like fun to just even on the NHL in general. So I was just checking that all out and uh, I'm excited to kind of get back into it and, you know, get to a point where I can fill out a bracket with a little bit of confidence, hopefully. And, uh, you know, especially if there's MGD in the mix for that, you know, I'll be putting my best foot forward, but yeah, it's, it's a fun time of year. Uh, even just to watch, I know that kind of like, all right, the rosters are, are not totally set, obviously still adds and drops, but you know, in the home stretch. Yeah. And also I, I love this, this part of the fancy hockey season for our league specifically, because it's also, uh, a time where every single team has something to play for, whether it's in the playoffs or the gauntlet. So I think, uh, all eyes are on every matchup throughout the league. Um, and it's kind of a fun time to root on our squads and that usually that, uh, Saturday, Sunday of the first round is like one of my favorite points of the season where you can see matchups swung. You can see championship dreams dashed or made reality. So um, let's get into it. The way we did this last year was we kind of went through our teams from the top to the bottom. So we're going to go through um, instead of giving any hot takes or rankings, we're just going to go through from how the teams are currently uh, placed in the standings by points and we can give some uh, background on them and maybe some of our insider knowledge on uh, what we see from these teams moving forward. For sure. And, and full disclaimer, any insider knowledge that you're going to be hearing is definitely coming from uh, the more handsome side of the Russell brothers, but I'm, I'm definitely here to weigh in with, uh, you know, some, some uh, hot takes perhaps, and just, you know, maybe bring like an uh, completely unbiased view. I guess that's one thing I can, can learn yeah. is I'm out of this race. So I, uh, aside from wanting Peter to lose, I, I don't really have a, a horse in this race. <laughs> oh, you'll be cheering. You'll be cheering for your, your bracket maybe. Right. And some of my former players perhaps. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's start at the top there. Pete made this amazing Google document and I'm sometimes, I'm not the most techie person, but I'm like, so so cool that you're like live editing it i can see your cursor yeah very 2020 22 20 
22. Yeah. Google Docs are not a new thing, Chris. I, I'm aware of that. Maybe, I guess I didn't go to university, so uh, it wasn't a big thing for me. But like having two people live from across the country, not just on video, obviously that's impressive. <laughs> but something about seeing your cursor move in real time, I was like, wow, yeah. we're real high tech here. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, obviously, I can see this. Uh, top seed is, and this hasn't changed since I checked out, uh, or maybe it has, but it's consistent, is Gabe's Babes. Reese is still sitting pretty, uh, coming off an 8-1 win last week. Uh, he's he's top, of the, top of the heap right now, and I can see for good reason. He's got some great players. Yeah, Chris, as, as part of your analysis, um, I'm noticing part of uh, Reese's success is some of his key players are Connor McDavid. Do you have any takes on if uh, McDavid is good or not, or well, any read under that situation? I can definitely say that he's the best player to ever like actually pan out coming out of Edmonton. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps there's one other guy I'm trying to think of like success story from way back, but I don't know. I, I don't know that much about hockey. Defensive yeah, defenseman. Yeah, perhaps, but no, I, I mean, it's like, you know, it's great to see like, somebody pan out you know there's a band to happen bound to happen but yeah the other um key player for reese throughout the season and i think we talked about it on one of our uh, few podcasts from this year early in the season was the uh great season chris Kreider's had and he's actually yeah. been able to keep it up relatively speaking like still playing on that top line and still up there in the league for goals um and as well as his ranger teammate adam fox is on uh, reese's team so those kind of form um, the core of uh, his team is his top players, as well as um, Tristan Jari, who is a, a trade that he made um, not quite at the deadline, but kind of in the second half of the season to shore up his goaltending. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think we talked about this at um, maybe in our draft recap or something, but uh, Reese did a really good job of getting some awesome depth forwards who actually ended up being great. Like I'm also seeing Timo Meyer too. Uh, guys who have put up a lot of points, but also a lot of shots and a lot of hits. And like, you know, <laughs> it's great to have scoring players put up points, but to have that kind of depth and to be able to draft that really gives him, you know, kind of like six keeper quality players right now. So that, yeah. that goes a long way from what I can see. And uh, my analysis on Reese's team, I, I consider him to have a top two or three team. I don't know if he's the best team going into uh the likely cup playoffs, but I do think he has the easiest path um, because that uh, coveted one seed seems pretty locked up. He's like 15 points or something up on second. So that means he gets to play um, an inferior opponent in the eighth seed. And the way the playoff pictures looking this season is we have, I would say six or seven strong contenders, but that eighth seed is likely to be occupied by a team that, sold a bunch of players at the deadline so they won't be full strength so um barring a, a miraculous upset i could see reese uh being pretty safe to assume he'll be in the second round and then you only have to win two matchups so um i would uh think that he'll be in a lot of people's brackets uh moving on in this one um i have it as a 85 percent chance that he's gonna play scott's waiver wire weapons in the first round well you heard it here first folks the first place team may actually advance to the second round. Just well, don't don't turn your channel yet. It's gonna get even crazier. Uh, no, for sure. Obviously, like starting from the top down, we're we're going with least contentious first, but and high highest contenders. Um, 
Next up, all the Ali Oxen free sit in second. No one's surprised to see that. Um, Peter, your your speculated odds are that he has a 70 percent chance uh, to lock into that second place uh, spot. And his his big strengths are hits, blocks, and uh, and goals against average. So kind of physical uh, with with some goaltending. And I think it's worth noting that he acquired uh, Brent Burns and Petrie uh, at the deadline. So short up his his defense with a couple of my earlier <laughs> picks, which is uh, good for me. Getting a, a draft pick back that was nice. One trade that actually worked, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's just interesting to see him get better at stuff that he's already good at. Uh, so could be a strategy to dominate some of those categories. Yeah, I think it, it's an interesting um, decision on whether you want to uh, try to address some weaknesses in your rosters or just bolster up your strength. Bearing in mind, you, you know, you only have to win five categories to win a matchup. But um, I'm also seeing, and this is maybe a little uncharacteristic of Charlie's teams in the past, but he's actually the second worst team in power play points. Um, usually that's a category he'd do well with uh, back in the days where he had Ovechkin and Crosby and company, but um, yeah, he's actually second last. So he also traded for uh, Tavo Teravainen and made yeah. a very shrewd pickup of Claude Giroux, who, as we're recording, I think is playing on the top power play with his new team, the Florida Panthers. Yeah. So those two pickups might be um, what Charlie needed to kind of compete in that category. And uh, yeah, I think he's uh, another solid contender as well. Um, if I had to uh, rank his team, I would say he's probably maybe fourth overall or third or fourth. So not the, the team to beat, but uh, yeah, he'll be right up there. And um, he's likely to play um, Golden Dwight's if he's able to hold on to that second seed. I know uh, Hahaho is nipping at his heel. So uh, we'll see how these matchups finish up this week, but that would be an interesting matchup. Um, to see how Charlie uh, stacks up against Matt's golden Dwight's. Yeah, for sure. And that's an interesting, I guess we'll get to that, but uh, it's easy to look always at these standings and see, you know, two versus seven or something like that. But uh, that would be a goaltending heavyweight battle. Um, and, and interesting to see how those, those strengths and weaknesses match up between those rosters. Yeah. Um, any other things to say about uh, the spirit of St. Louis? As uh, <laughs> it's made a comeback this year, Charlie changed his team name and Marty St. Louis back coaching in the NHL. So maybe this is the uh, the stars are aligning wow. for Charlie to get back onto the likely cup. When did that happen? I totally missed that boat. I think actually maybe I saw a vague mention in the league chat, but I didn't investigate. Sorry for misnaming your team. Uh, Charlie, I'll use your expected team pronouns from now on of Spirit of St. Louis. Um, oh, I, but, yeah. I put it wrong in my google doc that's that's on me Oops. um you know it's that all the oxen free actually lasted long enough that i i got i got pretty used to that but yeah you know there's that's some some speculation there it does the hearkening back to the days of old will that will that work it's like a retro jersey yeah going back to <laughs> st louis probably will do nothing but if it if it works we'll we'll never forget um okay onwards and down the and downwards down the standings. Um, I'm seeing in third place we have Hahaho, uh, and that seems to be pretty likely where he'll he'll stay. Um, obviously he's actually wait, we're tied here on the standings. Your your odds, Pete, say seventy percent say third, so I'm gonna roll with that, uh, which puts him against Jordan in the first round. Yeah, I, I think Charlie has an easier matchup this week, so that's why I was kind of giving 
the edge to Charlie to come in second, but obviously anything can happen. And uh, Peter Taylor has a, a good shot at second. I'm not sure how the matchups are looking this week. Well, um, oh, Peter's up eight, <laughs> nothing. So maybe, yeah. maybe he'll end up being the two seed, but I don't know. That's, that's the fun of it. Not everything goes uh, according to plan. Um, but I will say that uh, Peter's ha ha ho is my team to beat. Um, he's first Ooh. in goals, first in assists, first in power play points. Um, and yeah. everything's kind of clicking for him at the, uh, at the right time. Chris, I don't know. I know you haven't been playing super close attention, but if you ever want to drool over a player's stats, look at Roman Yossi's game log over the last like 10 days. And, uh, just for some context, he's on a 100 point pace for the whole season. So that is unbelievable. Yeah, I'm just drooling over that right now. That's crazy. It's wild that that's a defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, I think um, his rebuilding year last year really paid off. He got a bunch of uh, top picks and then also traded for Yossi and Jack Eichel from Tim, uh, who were both kind of out for the year. Um, and it was kind of a next year move. So we're into that year and it's paying dividends for him. So yeah, he's just like, uh, ha ha is a offensive juggernaut. And if he can get decent goaltending, he has Connor Hellebuck, who's always uh, capable of stealing some games. So um, yeah, I think he'll be a team to watch out for. Yeah, I'm. I'm also seeing that there's a player on his roster, uh, Jack Ishell. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure who that is, but it sounds like he's going to be drawing back into the lineup shortly, yeah. which could help his his uh, already strong goals, assists, and power play points. Yeah, he's got his uh, bionic neck now, so he's uh, good to go. Um, yeah, so he he's got you know solid roster, and I think the only hangup would be for me is like what seed he gets because or how the seeding faces, because if he's the third seed and he manages to get 12 parsecs as a sixth seed, that could be a heavyweight matchup in the first round. And trust me, you do not want to play 12 parsecs in the first round. <laughs> always a, uh, a dog fight. So, yeah, definitely. I, I think like, that's great to see, as you said, like I, Peter had some really tough luck last year too, making some big trades and people getting hurt uh, and kind of taking that all on. So uh, good to see, you know, he's probably one of the most attentive managers and uh, I'm, I don't know how I've held on to Austin Matthews throughout all the juggernaut of questions for him, but it seems like you're doing just fine without him, Pete. So uh, I, I'll, I'll probably be taking some of that advice to heart uh, when I fill up my bracket. One other interesting thing about his team is we saw another busy um, trade deadline in the justice league, always a, a fun time, but um, Peter, who's notorious for being, active on the trade market didn't really make any big splashes uh this year at the deadline um he did make a move early in the season trading ekblad for hellebuck which is looking pretty good now because ekblad is hurt so that uh, and he was able to kind of fix his goaltending which had been a problem for him in years past but it is interesting to see a top team who's already so strong not bolster it but like i said everything's kind of clicking for him his players are hot i mean so. if if it ain't broke don't fix it exactly Certainly ain't broke. Yeah. That's my diagnosis. <laughs> All right. Well, unfortunately, I was going to gloat over this, but I was going to say, currently locked in a tie in a scintillating matchup, we have jock straps coming in, but if you've just stepped ahead of me 5-4, and I feel like I'm going to see more and more of the rear end of your team for the rest of this week. Yeah, I was pretty pretty happy to get a bye week going into the last season. I, the last week of the season, <laughs> I get to focus on the playoffs. I don't have to worry about... Uh, going too hard in the paint to lock up my position. But yeah, it looks like I'm going to come in fourth, the, the jocks traps. 
Um, and that puts me, giving me a choice between as good as gold and 12 parsecs, no matter how their matchups um, end. But I think it's more likely I could face as good as gold. Um, but uh, both, again, are, are tough teams. And I don't know, man, I think uh, I'll be honest. I, I think I ranked my team first place last year, but I am not at all willing to do it again this year. <laughs> I think I've benefited from some big nine nothing wins to give me a lot of points in the standings but i don't have the tiebreaker against any team above me um Ooh. so i think i think it'll be a, a tough battle for the the traps to get through the playoffs but not counting myself out yeah i mean it seems that no matter how many times you have the tiebreaker peter like eventually the odds have to go against you so i think it's gone both ways for you um it has yeah, yeah. It, you're just always in that position for some reason. Yeah, it seems like, again, your team is not as like stacked as I would expect it to be. I, I do see like it's pretty cool to see uh, Moritz Cedar listed as one of your, your key players. I think that's pretty awesome. and uh, But also maybe reflective of like a bit of a changing of the guard for you. I think like you've you've had a hard time with injuries, but your top guys aren't quite as, you know, throwing their weight as, as much as they have in, in previous years. So that's probably... a affecting your your team's overall performance yeah i think i have a, a deep team but no real game breakers um i do ha still have the two tampa guys so if they get hot that can help help me swing a matchup but i also um so i have uh, pretty good stats and hits and blocks in the top three of those categories but my goaltending's been pretty rough 10th and wins and 13th and save percentage on this season and that's because i haven't been able to really find a good second goalie to go alongside thatcher demko so he's my only goalie i'm not totally sure if i'm going to roll one goalie in the playoffs yet but that's the way my roster looks now so all is on i'm i'm putting all my faith in vancouver canucks which as i say it out loud um i may need to rethink my strategy but that <laughs> i think that makes my team vulnerable i'll, I'll put it that way yeah definitely i mean you got to make some bets uh when you're kind of on that not quite outside looking in but not a you know home run contender here you're you've got to basically try something that no one else is going to try. And if it pans out a la Cam Ward on your yeah. like likely cup winning roster, you know, maybe Thatcher Demko will be another un unlikely name to see on that uh, imaginary likely Stanley cup. Let's uh, let's move on. And right behind you, very likely to be your first round matchup is uh, as good as gold and no surprise. He he's strong in hits uh, and wins but also has some some good offense this year. You know, thanks, of course, to Drysaddle and Kaprizov. Um, how do you feel like your teams match up against each other? Well, just the fact that uh, Kyle has Vasilevsky obviously gives him the edge in goaltending. Um, it, he's not as dominant in goaltending as, as years past. Like, I feel like that has usually always been the, the thing with Kyle's team is, like, he will out goalie any team he plays against. But I think for the first time in maybe three or four years, that's not the case like he's still strong but he's not um elite elite and we'll get to some of those elite teams in a bit um but uh i think yeah he's uh pretty good that way and he still kind of has that um team construction of like four or five like absolute stud scores and uh alongside dry and patrick kane he's kind of 
really benefited from the ascension of Kaprizov this year. I think it's funny to look back at um, that MGD voting. I think the two top guys were Chikrin and Kaprizov for last year's voting. And like Kaprizov has totally taken that next step and is looking like a top 10 scorer for years to come. And Chikrin is trade bait for Arizona and has been hurt. So I think um, maybe uh, in hindsight, we would have all rather had Kaprizov on our team. But anyway, he, he has that... Um, roster construction of the top guys and then some gritty defensemen I think led by Jacob Truba who's another one of those guys whose game log looks so good with all the hits blocks and shots and chipping in points um yeah he's got a, a well-rounded spot so I, I think it'd be a, a tough battle um if and when I have to play him yeah fair enough well I'll be following along for sure um otherwise like yeah I feel I, I think it's interesting just pointing out uh maybe Cal doesn't always you know, rep the high goal totals or anything like, like that. I, obviously having Drysaddle and, and Patrick Kane for a while has helped, but, you know, it's Kaprizov and Robertson, these young young kids putting up, you know, 44 goals and 27 goals in the season, respectively, between Kaprizov and Robertson. I, I think that uh, that addition of high-end offensive talent really kind of balances out perhaps the lack of goaltender dominance that Kyle would have. Like, definitely a scary team to play in the playoffs looking at the these numbers. Yeah, so... If, if you're comparing him to my team, maybe I have the depth and he has the top end guys. So if, if his yeah. top end guys can perform, I, I'd take him in the matchup. But if he gets, um, if any of those guys slip, it's kind of like the reverse of my team. I'm relying on one goalie. He's relying on two or three skaters and it's uh, all dependent on, on their performances. Um, but uh, moving on to the other potential opponent, we're not, um, it's not a done deal yet. I would that's put, fair, that's fair. I'd put it at like a, maybe a, 30 70 split between um as good as gold and 12 parsecs right now they're they're one point um differential in the standings but uh, kyle's ahead by one point and has a relatively easy matchup this week so i'm penciling in uh jordan's 12 parsecs as a six seed but that could change and um again up above in the standings he could either play Hahaho or Spirit of St. Louis in the first round, which not no no easy easy matchups. Reese, I think, is the only easy matchup this year. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's got a great team. He's um, got, has some good offensive players, and that's showing. He's third in goals, second in power play points. So that's uh, that's where the strengths of his team lie. Yeah, and it's you know even just seeing that he's acquired Kadri uh, and Kyle Connor um, and and Markstrom as well. He's he's not. He's not just good, but he's he's getting better uh, through his recent acquisitions. So I think that's like, you know, it's always interesting. I think I'm never a big deadline mover, but I'd always get frustrated where I'd be like, okay, my team is like definitely better than these teams. And then somebody would go out and do something like this and, and trade for a bunch of good players. And like, shoot, like I can't actually rely on the whole season, like my, my record over them over the whole season because it's a different team I'm playing now. Yeah. So uh I think Jordan often does this and it often frustrates me at this point. I'm just like, yeah, I think that's a, a team that looks like it go, could go really deep with, with those acquisitions. Yeah. I, I don't think we talked about it on podcast, but I think this was my favorite trade of the season was um, trading JT Miller to golden Dwight's for Jacob Markstrom. I think this is one of those, um, it wasn't a buying or selling trade by any means. It was like two of the top, like 15 players in the league this year, 
um, getting traded for one another. There, there might've been some other pieces involved, but essentially it was like Jordan didn't like his goaltending and Matt already had the likely Vesna winner on his team alongside Markstrom. So yeah. he went out and yeah, traded uh, JT Miller who's I think ranked five on the season this year. Um, but it was kind of like both teams were trading from an area of like significant strength and maybe even excess to round out their teams nicely. So I, I really like that trade for both teams. I think they both got better. And Markstrom feels like that, like the season he's having and how good Calgary is defensively. Chris, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, and, and this is kind of like in the actual NHL playoffs where you can get a goalie that gets hot and wins you a couple of rounds. But I remember Jordan had this crazy run of Ben Bishop one year in our fantasy yes. hockey playoffs where like he had like three shutouts in a row. It was just, and unfair. I feel like Markstrom's the kind of goalie that can do that. He, he can lock it down completely and Calgary's such a good team that uh, yeah, I think that was a, a really good move and who knows, maybe this, he's uh, this year's Ben Bishop or, or even Varlamov for me last year. I'm sure you remember how good he was. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to see Calgary kind of take on that identity. Like they, I, a couple of years ago, I was really unsure of where they were headed, but they've really uh, become this great defensive team. And yeah, he's put up awesome numbers. So sometimes it's funny. Sometimes you can go all the way with, you know, nothing but a rotating whoever's starting tonight in, in net, but also like having that stud in net. And if, if he finds his game or they, they string together a, a few big wins, like he's going to, it's going to be impossible to compete with, with those numbers that Markstrom can put up. Yeah. Um, the only other thing of note, I think for Jordan is I think of his players, like I think maybe three of his top five players all play on the same team. That's in Colorado with uh, Makar, Rantan and Kadri. So I think it's just when you have like that stack of so many guys on the same team, there's just bigger swings. Like if Colorado has a really good week and they score a bunch of goals as they're prone to do, um, he may see like some really high totals, which will win him a matchup. But I mean, if they get shut out, I think they just lost three, one to Vancouver last night, which was an unexpected result, but you know, these things happen. Yeah. And if you have a, a quiet week from Colorado that can really take away from some production that you're used to getting. So yeah, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Okay, moving on to our seventh seed. That's uh, Golden Dwight, and he's got a pretty comfortable edge there over the eighth seed, um, but it's kind of far enough back from uh, 12 parsecs in sixth that I think it's pretty safe to lock Matt's team in in seventh. So guaranteed playoff spot, but um, being in seventh, he's likely to face someone tough in the first round. Yeah, I think like my first impression would be somebody's going to be facing <laughs> another tough team and that would be him. Uh, like he's got some great uh, high-end talent. Obviously he's got Ovi, um, but has had really good goaltending all year. I think it's kind of interesting. This is one of those times too, where we're talking about, do you make your evaluation based on record or based on standings of, of points? Like, like where he sits in, in terms of wins and goals against and stuff, but he has just traded a top goalie away. So I think we're kind of looking at a little bit different team, but I think he's also like, I like that move. Um, because often you only need one elite goaltender. And if you're not trying to run the table, bringing in a guy like JT Miller, now all of a sudden he's got a, that extra punch up front. Yeah, I will say most of the stats we're referencing are based on, uh, if you go to the Yahoo League page, you can see team stats and it gives you the, the stats for each team over the course of the season. But obviously rosters change, trades are made, injuries happen. Yeah. So 
um, yeah, like to your point, Chris, the, the team that you played early in the season may not be the same come playoff time, but um, Matt's team's strength all year has been in goaltending. And uh, again, Igor Shesterkin has been so good that he was able to trade away Markstrom and still will likely have a better goalie than anyone he plays against. Um, so that that's his strength. And yeah, adding JT Miller will, will kind of round out uh, his other categories. The, the one thing with Matt's team is he is pretty um, lowly ranked in hits and blocks, blocks especially. So it, it all depends on who you match up against, I think. Well, like if that's interesting too, repeat like to that point, because we, the way you, you've kind of projected this to go, we're going to see perhaps uh, Charlie and Matt play in the first round. And that's an interesting time where Charlie's strong in the hits and blocks and Matt is weak there. And so then it almost is like, I feel like that's almost bad. You don't want to, if you're really good at hitting, you don't want to play the worst team, the team that's, that's last in hits. Cause then it's kind of moot. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to see how those two teams, if they match up, manage their player ads to see if, you know, you try to really double down on their strengths or, you know, find those like categories where they're a little closer and, and load up yeah. on that. And, and Charlie also has that strong goaltending from Freddie Anderson too. So it may yeah. come down to, yes, Matt has an advantage in goaltending, but if he plays, a team with another like elite capable goalie, then maybe his edge is reduced versus if he's playing against me or something. <laughs> so yeah, fair enough. Better than the average seven C though. That's, that's the one thing I will say about Matt's team. I, I think he's uh, definitely um, maybe not quite a contender, but a strong dark horse. And I think uh, a, a tough first round opponent and could, could find his way in, in deep to the playoffs to, to no one's surprise. So um that being said, we'll move on to our eight-seeded team in the standings, the uh, waiver wire weapons, which doesn't really strike fear into anyone's hearts. Hey, me. It, yeah. <laughs> I think he smoked me 9 nothing. I, I still wake up in a cold sweat sometimes. Maybe the gauntlet. Exactly. That's what I was like. Come yeah. on. Uh, but yeah, so Scott, Scott's in, in eighth with his team, and this was kind of a, I think, a business decision where he's sitting. Um, he does have a chance to make the playoffs. I have it as 85% likely that he finishes in the eighth seed and makes the playoffs, but that's not hundred percent. He has some teams behind him who are within striking distance, but um, he did make some trades like um, trading uh, Kyle Connor for Thomas Hurdle and trading uh, Tavo Teravainen for Vili Huso. And, and both those trades, he got some significant picks back, but I will say, I kind of like these trades because it's like selling and you're recouping some draft picks for next year, but you're not like taking some waiver wire guy, like hurdles, a top 50 player. Huso has been a, a hot goalie. So he's, he's not yeah. like a shell of, of what his team once was. It's just a, a downgrade, but um, I think he'll still be competitive. Just maybe not competitive enough to give the one seed a run for his money. Yeah. And I think that's, it's so hard to manage at that, at that point where like you don't want to hang on so long and then, you know, put all your eggs in the basket of, okay, I'm going to try to make a crack at it this year and then not, uh, not make the playoffs. And it kind of feels for nothing. So I, I totally understand the getting, getting the draft picks. It just, it, perhaps your team is a bit better than you thought, Scott. Yeah. Either, either how either, or either way. Like I think the reality is probably Reese's team is very strong. So I think you'd have to have, conditions be optimal to upset him in the first round anyhow yeah but anything can happen that, that's the beauty of it 
Um, and maybe, yeah, that Billy Huso trade, maybe he becomes, you know, the next Biddington and goes on a run for St. Louis. And uh, we'll talk about it for years to come. Biddington gets Biddington. Exactly. Um, okay. So we're almost done here, but I did think it was uh, worth mentioning Sheik in ninth place. Um, yeah. Not because it's a yearly tradition to rank Sheik last, <laughs> um, but uh, no, he does have an outside shot at uh, making the playoffs. I have it at about like a 10 or 15% chance that he makes it. Um, he's close enough to that eight seed where he could, he could potentially win. Um, but his most likely seed would be ninth spot and out of the playoffs. Yeah. It's, you know, any, as you said, anything can happen. So until this weekend is over and we know where everyone's sitting, uh, it's absolutely possible that he sneaks into that eighth spot and uh, gets the privilege of playing <laughs> Reese in the first round. Yeah. Uh, I guess on the other side of all this is kind of seeing how the gauntlet is shaping up. And correct me if I'm wrong, but ninth place gets no ninth and tenth place get a bye. Yes, that's correct. So looks like that's likely to be. Sheik and Hughes line is it anyway? Whew, that's a tongue twister for me today. Um, but yeah, that will be uh, interesting. I think probably will come down to who uh, amongst us bottom four is willing to set their lineups most consistently. <laughs> and I am not optimistic of my commitment to that. You got to play to win the game. So <laughs> you got to play to win the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I see. I'd, I'll have to just set my lineups now. While, while we're sure. talking about I'll it. just say that I think uh, a fun thing about this league, I, I remember it was always the lament of Leaf fans in the like um, mid or to late 2000s. They'd always come like ninth or 10th and how that was like the worst possible spot to, to slide in because you, you miss the playoffs and then you don't get a good pick. But I feel like in our league, like that eighth, ninth battle is kind of a win-win in a way because you're either – yeah, um, for sure. You know, making in the playoffs, which maybe you weren't counting on because you sold a lot of your guys. And, you know, once you are in the dance, anything can happen. But also, if you lose out on that battle for the playoffs, like ninth means you are in the best position to get that first overall pick for next year. Like you, you start with the bye and your team's already strong enough where you have more points than anyone else you're playing against. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, not a terrible spot to be in. So better than 13th, yeah, hey, Chris. You know, 13th has its perks. Everyone's nervous playing you because of the whole superstitious thing. Like, ooh, that's oh, okay. 13. I didn't think about that, yeah. You know, with the elevators, they miss the button for a reason, you know? Right, yeah. People are people will be fearing. So, I don't know. Hold on tight to that 5-4 lead, Pete, because who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll lose intentionally to get you into that 12th spot, you know, <laughs> take away your, your edge. But, yeah, that's our, um, our playoff uh, preview. Hopefully, maybe you learned something about uh, – a team that's not yours and uh but you know if if you have some um opposite opinions on us that is your freedom and i'm looking forward to seeing um all the brackets that pick against me in the first round and uh, we'll see if that comes true or not yeah and definitely if anyone's offended by any of the analysis provided here peter is solely responsible for the stats and most of my opinions are based on those stats so yeah if you have a complaint, take it up with my older brother. Our uh, our opinions do not reflect the uh, values of Russell Media Audio <laughs> Inc. Um, but uh, yeah, the one other thing I'll say with filling out brackets, and we didn't touch on it because it's kind of convoluted and it's way better to know who's playing who, but it is worth it to go through 
especially as we've talked about, a lot of these matchups are almost coin flips. They're, they're super close, super tight. So knowing who you have the tiebreaker against will yes. uh, play a big role in who wins and who loses. And even if you're not in the playoffs or it's not your matchup, like as you fill out your bracket, like make sure you know who has the tiebreaker. Chris, I think maybe you last year or two years ago picked the tie correctly. Last year I flubbed it. But you had the wrong team advancing on the tiebreaker. So knowing that uh, will probably uh, pay dividends come bracket time. Yeah. Don't be a fool like myself. I think I think there was some grace shown in that scenario. Actually. I think there was too. And maybe if I have some time, I'm uh, working a lot less these days. So um, if uh, not at all, <laughs> if I have some time, I'll uh, throw together a little tiebreaker cheat sheet to know who beats who in uh, wow. certain situations. Are you gonna share that with everybody or just your brother? Uh, maybe everyone but my brother. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I haven't, I haven't really earned it. Um, this was really fun. Um, I'm glad, happy to do this again. And, uh, you know, let's, let's make a commitment, Pete. I have nothing important coming up (laughs) in the next few weeks other than another child, perhaps. So if uh, up to that point though, let's, uh, let's make this uh, more of a weekly thing. I, I think I could probably find time. Yeah. Only three weeks left and they're, they're the biggest ones. So, um, yeah, all, all eyes will be on the matchups coming up and uh, happy to get on the airwaves with you and uh, best of luck to everyone in their matchups, um, except if you're playing one of us and uh, excited to see who's crowned the Likely Cup champ this year. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Bye.